Initializing host playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. Great to be here on this Labor Day long weekend. We may be having kids going back to school, but we're not sending them back without their latest summer dose of metal goodness. See, we here at the Metal Robot Podcast believe in a healthy mindset filled with blechs, chuggas, and screaming frog noises. Coming up, we check in with Dawn of Existence, an emerging black and melodic death metal duo on their latest album, Ancient Arts. Plus, we check back in with the galactic world of Augment, hoping to re-establish our connection to Andromeda. We'll also talk about making music solo or with a group. We hear from you on this one. And coming up in a few short moments, the latest look at metal releases coming out of this month's Bandcamp Friday. All this and so much more. So let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. And we'll start off with some much-needed shout-outs here, because as you see, last Friday, September the 1st, was Bandcamp Friday, which, if you didn't know, it's a monthly tradition on Bandcamp where for the entire day, for 24 hours, 100% of the profits from Bandcamp purchases goes to the artist. So not Bandcamp. They don't take a cut on that day. It goes directly to the artist. And so much-needed shout-outs are required here. So... I posted on Twitter back in August uh, for Bandcamp Friday back then. Admittedly, I forgot to do it for September. Whoops. But anyways, there's still some people who must be shouted out here or at least deserve some attention regardless of their genre. So we might see some non-metal entries here. Hope you don't mind. Let's check them out. First one up, uh, Byzantian Neckbeard. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, funny fact, I actually reviewed that album, uh, Minotaur, back in 2019 on the YouTube channel. I remember just filming that at my workplace late into the overnight. I was safe to do so, thankfully, but it was it, that was a fun time. And the album fucking slaps still to this day, dude. Also, we've got Kasim the Skywalker with the Skywalker EP. Now, admittedly, this is a bit out of my wheelhouse and a bit of a uh, sore thumb when it comes to this podcast because it's the only rap and hip hop album here. That's not saying it's bad and I have nothing against rap. I'm just not an expert in the style. I will say my non-expert opinion here, Kasim's got good rhythm and cadence and his, his voice meshes well with the beats. If you like hip hop, uh, go check it out. I think it, you might enjoy it. Also, Tom Marquis checked in, uh, dropped the link to Circling. It was a single released August 4th, uh, which is an indie garage rock song. It's got some psychedelic vibe to it as well. I had a fun listen when I was checking it out. The dude's got talent and the music definitely reflects that. And finally, this one actually did get sent in this past uh, Bandcamp Friday on September the 1st. On Fair from Montreal dropped their new album, Gross Rock. And that's an apt title. <laughs> it's noise, psychedelic space rock, totaling about 39 minutes. Yeah, it's about what I just described. No notes. It was a journey. Go check it out. But yeah, of course, check out all the artists I mentioned. Keep an ear out for the next Bandcamp Friday, October 6th. And when that comes around, and even before that comes around, go support the artists. They deserve it. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into this week's new releases. <laughs> All right, we got Crucible of Hate, The Unknown Path. So this is the sophomore album from the band. And mm, uh, I didn't, yeah, well, 
Okay, so I had a pretty good time listening to this. I thought it was a good groove metal, a groove death metal album. It's got great chops here, and the musicianship is apparent. I will say, though, I was expecting a bit, I don't know, like, it wasn't bad. I didn't hate my time with it, but at the same time, I felt like nothing was sticking. You know what I mean? Like, this is an album that's got some good riffs. It's got a great mix attached, a really good mix, actually. I was really impressed by the mix here. It's got throat-clenching vocals. That's always a good thing to hear. The grooves can be a bit rough in places. You can kind of tell that these guys were a super against the idea of MIDI or time-aligning anything. And that's not saying that you need to time-align anything. In fact, if anything, there's a case to be made against time-aligning. But here... A few more takes would have been something worth looking into, maybe a couple hours extra of practice before going to the studio. I don't know. It, it, it was it felt rough, but that is not something that took away from the album. For me, it was mostly just the fact that there it's well written, but I felt like there wasn't a lot that I was clinging towards, if that made sense. There wasn't something that was just grabbing me by the hooks and just and enveloping me in the album. And that was something that I felt was sorely missing here. I really wanted to be able to get hooked by this album, but I don't think they gave me a chance here. For anybody who is into groove death metal, go check it out. But for me, I got to give it a 12 out of 15. It was good, but yeah, I wish, I wish it hooked me more. Next up, we got Circana, <laughs> Circa Arcana, fuck you. Okay, uh, so let's do a bit of a behind the scenes here of what it, what is in the mind of a music critic here. Because I'll see this much for anybody getting into music, first impressions are everything. <laughs> like, so for a lot of times, like first impressions, not necessarily the meet and greet, it's always the packaging. So anything from bad band names, maybe a bad album cover, and maybe a bad album name can set the expectations of what I'm about to get into before I even hit play. And even the track names as well. Now, Circa Arcana is a fine name. I've got no quarrels with Circa Arcana. Um, I also think the album cover is well-detailed 3D model by the looks of it. I'm just kind of looking at it right now. But immediately where my, my spidey senses are tingling, fuck, you spelt like it's an acronym for something? That's your album name? Dude, come on. I've read better album titles in high school from the Quiet Kids Scratchy Drawings. Shit, I'm pretty sure they actually became band logos at some point. Have you seen the grindcore scene? That's straight out of it. Okay, uh, but apart from that, first impressions aside, what did the music sound like? Well, Going into the tracks, it's musically what you would expect from generic metalcore. And that's the only way I can really describe this EP. It's generic metalcore, uh, where you get all the, all the boxes are checked here. Chug us for days, uh, whiny scene core, clean vocals when they come in, breakdowns for telols, uh, sound bites that don't really add anything. They're just kind of like popping out out of nowhere for no reason. And you can't forget about the blacks. You can't forget about the blacks. It's a metalcore staple. You gotta have them, right? Now, 
I know I sound really pissy right now, and I, I know that's how I come off a lot of the times when I'm doing this show and I'm talking about music like this, but really, I, I didn't actually hate this EP. I thought there was some promise here. The the gr- screaming growls, the, those types of vocals were pretty good in a lot of places. There's some good vocal performance chops here, and some of the backing synths, uh, synths sorry, they didn't seem too out of place. I will say, though, I will get pissy about the lyrics. What were you guys thinking? Like, just taking a a, a sample, a sample from the final track, uh, Switchblades, and I don't think the full title made it into the playlist here, uh, from Switchblades, uh, quote, You little bitch, if you don't like it, you can work this pit, talk your shit, and run your mouth, you raunchy fuck, just take a shot so I can murder you. Like, I was joking about the quiet kid a second ago, but this is just as cringy as you would expect, and possibly worth locking up the AR-15 over. Just, I don't know. Uh, But overall, look, I'm not going to discourage you from checking out these guys. If metalcore is your thing, even the more generic style, definitely go check this out. This will be up your alley. But honestly, 9 out of 15, mostly because... Even for those who would be into this, come on, there's better out there. There's so much better out there that you could have been checking out. And finally, let's check in with Tragic Forms, Arms Round the Armistice. So this is a really great sounding groove death metal album. We had a previous groove metal album on here, but I was really getting into this one when I was listening to it. It's got all the things that I was thoroughly hoping for in a groove metal album in the modern day. Filthy bass, blasting drums, thick guitars. It was groove. I was bobbing my head half the time rather than headbanging. I mean, I was still headbanging, of course, but yeah, whenever you see me doing the head bobbing, like a freaking chicken. Yeah, that's how you know I'm I'm grooving with this with what you've presented here. Uh, and I will say one notable part that actually stuck out to me. It for for one for one thing, there's lots of great moments of hooks and and grooves that just suck you in. But there was a point in the song "Decay" inside off of the album. It's got a cool B section that I was not expecting. It came in about a, about a couple minutes in. It reminded me so much of Mastodon. It was a stark changeup, but it didn't feel out of place. It was interesting enough that it sucked me back in if at any point there was concern of me getting pulled out. So that was a great thing to hear. Overall, this album is a fantastic listen. Uh, if you get a chance, if you like groove metal or death metal or both combined, yeah, great hooks, great grooves, great heavy sounds all around a good time. I would highly recommend you check this one out. 14 out of 15. Honest to God, it is another great groove metal edition. I mean, again, like the previous one that I talked about here. Pretty good too, but I feel like this one definitely hooked a lot more. Go check it out. But of course, all of that is just my opinion. I would love at the end of the day to hear yours. What do you think of the albums I talked about today? Let me know. Know what albums I should take a rusty pickaxe to? I mean, take a look at next. Bad albums beware. Request them anytime online, and you can hear your favorites hacked to pieces. I mean, discussed. Why do I keep doing that? Discussed right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast.
Moving on, let's get into the black and melodic death metal world for a bit with our first guest of the night. Their new album is Ancient Arts, an album exploring themes of the occult, cosmology, history, fantasy, and the paranormal. Wait, this is my Tumblr bio. Wait, did I grab the right sheet? Wait, no, I did. Okay. Whew, almost out of myself there. Uh, the album is out now for you to hear, but in the meantime, let's welcome the duo's coded signature into the database. Let's welcome Dawn of Existence right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to the Metal Robot Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing All right, man. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad that we finally got this sorted out because for those who were not tuned in yet, this wasn't even in recording, but uh, Votan couldn't get his camera working. And then some reason my connection dropped out while that was happening. So we lots of technical stuff was going on that we still don't know. Gremlins are in the system, but we're going to work through it anyways. What I'd like to do always with um, new guests on the show is to start off with an introduction. Who is Dawn of Existence? Who are you guys? What What are you guys about? So we started in what, I guess, December of uh, 2017. So we're very much still a two piece um, on the album. I did guitar, bass, uh, and I do vocals. Uh, when we're performing live, I'll, I'll be doing just like the bass and, and vocals. Then um, we also had a couple of other people that uh, that we had help out as well. And uh, I'll let Voden kind of talk about what he does. Sure, yeah, so I play Rhythm guitars. I do some of the solos on the album. Uh, did some of the keyboard work. For example, the keyboards you, you'll hear on Marble Garden, the first track on the album. I did those. Yeah, definitely. I, the keyboard work, first of all, that threw me for a fucking loop when I heard the album. Uh, we're, of course, we're talking about the, the Ancient Arts, which is due out May 5th, I believe, if I yep. have written that down correctly. Uh, now, that threw me off for a specific reason, not for any bad reason. But because when I was looking at the promo, uh, the promotional material that was sent to me, um, the it, it describes your sound as blackened melodic yeah. death metal. I don't, I'm not a big yep. fan of labels, but that is something I will use to get listeners on the same page here. Now, yeah. listening to the, the new album, including with that, the first thought I had was blackened. Are you sure yep. about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, it did, like obviously, it's not for sure. Like, not a typical melodic death metal sound, but. What what makes the sound, uh, what makes the sound of Dawn of Existence considered blackened? <laughs> I can answer that. I can yeah, answer go that. For it. There's other tracks on the album, like uh, there's a song called Skoda. It's very much like a black metal song from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like we recently heard uh, the new, the new Immortal track that just came out, and I was like, Aster, like this song reminds me of Skoda because just from beginning to end. It's like a, just a black, a wall of black metal, essentially. So the, the, the single Marble Garden, that's not necessarily representative of everything you'll hear on the rest of the album. So it, switch, it does switch up pretty quickly once we get to the next track, of course, because then you get, you get to, I think, I believe when I was listening to it, one thing that picked out was like, oh, the synths have dropped out. We've gone from Dream Theater all the way back to Immortal here. I'm glad, <laughs> glad we got back to there. But that at the yeah. same time opens up the question of, you know, you guys, uh, you blend these elements of the the aforementioned blackened melodic death metal sound with all these other influences as well. How do you balance these different genres and create a cohesive sound? Honestly, we have a ton of influences that we kind of kind of pull from. So uh, I know a bunch of bands will probably say that, but we, we really just create music. Uh, we create what we want to hear. So 
Yeah, from one song to another, you may have something like, for for instance, you were saying that we kind of get lumped into this blackened melodic death metal, but depending on what song you're listening to, it will not sound like black metal whatsoever. So it, we're really just taking all of our influences, which with all the keyboards and all that, we kind of we kind of take stuff from like our 80s influences. We listen to a lot of 80s music as well. So that's yeah, definitely in there. We're a little um, old. <laughs> yeah. <we're> <laughs> <laughs> so we have that. We also have uh, uh, like a goth influence as well, depending on like if you listen to Mystic Serpent, Mystic Serpent has a lot of that that goth sound to it. So it just really depends. Uh, I think the biggest thing that kind of pulls us into the like the blackened melodic death metal um, would be my my screams that I do, and then the occasional blast beat. That's really it. I mean, guitar tone, guitar tone is not really black metal at all. Um, it's I think it's just really those two elements. As soon as somebody hears that, that's what they kind of just lump us into. But of course, with all these influences, you know, uh, like you were pretty general with that. What specific uh, '80s music would you say <laughs> inspires? I really want to know the answer to this one. What, what '80s music inspires a lot of this sound? Oh shit! I could go back to like music off the Lost Boys and stuff like that. Just yeah. like that kind of like, uh, just kind of like I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That sort of romanticized like eighties, yeah. like over the top, like sort of goth type stuff. Like, uh, yeah. And then you know, what are some other like eighties bands use a lot of like keyboards? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, even even Depeche Mode. I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't like Depeche Mode or anything like that. I mean, I, I listen to a ton of different music. So. Uh, Thompson Twins. I like Thompson Twins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shit like off like uh, Molly Ringwald movies, like Pretty in Pink. There's some cool like fucking like 80s keyboards and stuff and melodies and stuff that you don't think like are in there. But yeah, just that's what I, I mean. Like. Even even more recent stuff. I mean, uh, I listen to like from mid 2000s. I listen to things like The Knife. Uh Things like that, or even like things like churches. I listen to churches as well. So there's a there's this vast amount of of music that we all listen to that we just kind of bring together into this <laughs> this black and melodic death metal, as they call it. Oh I would just God. say we're music we're music lovers, like yeah. through and through. So it it comes out. <laughs> well, I mean, especially if you're making music in any genre, regardless of like the style, it's you got to be a music lover of some kind because I've noticed yeah. specifically I've been doing this show for years now and other forms. But uh, whenever I'm listening to music, I can usually tell when someone only listens to metalcore, only listens to death metal. <laughs> it's always great to get other influences, but it still baffles me how you can go from stuff like the Thompson Twins and Churches to what the fuck I just heard on this album. It still <laughs> amazes me that we can That's get awesome. to that point. Uh, so, But as mentioned, you guys have been around for uh, for quite a bit now. Uh, the promo said you were active since 2017. I think, you, did you mention 2016 earlier? Uh, December 2017 is how we kind of came together. Okay, so 2016 would be a bit too early in the timeline yeah. that we're going a yeah. bit further back. Uh, so since the band's inception, then how have you seen your music and creative process evolve over time? So we have a ton of uh, material between the two of us. We have a ton of material. Um, so Voden and I have actually been in multiple bands. Um, we've actually known each other for like what? 30 years now. I think is how long we've known each other. Since we were kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> since we were kids. So um, yeah, we've been in a lot of different bands together and uh I left the the last band that we were together in in probably like 2015, and all I did was start making metal demos. And uh, one night when we were hanging out, turns out he was kind of doing the same thing. And uh, 
we started showing each other demos and kind of went from there. So we still have like a massive amount of demos that we're working on. So our writing pro- process, even from our other bands, I mean, we, we write very, very well together and we kind of, kind of bounce off uh, ideas to one another as well. Yeah. So if someone brings like most of the time, we will bring almost a, a complete demo. So it'll be almost a complete song and then we'll look at it and be like, well, now let's try to try this around move this around, maybe uh, change the arrangement a bit. But for the most part, when we write demos, we have like we have vocal phrasing, we have everything. We have keys set up, we have uh, programmed drums before we get it recorded. Um, like they're very, very much complete most of the time. <clears throat> yeah, a whole folder of, of material right now. <laughs> yeah, we have a yeah. massive folder. And I'm guessing this was the case for uh, the upcoming album, Ancient Arts. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, this- there were, um, so it, it's, it's funny though, because we actually had, um, a bunch of songs that we were planning on putting on the album. And I think half of those songs, um, that ended up on the album were actually written in the recording process of the album. So Skoda was actually made during the recording process, the Hierophant, Tides and, uh, Meet Me at the Stake are all all songs that we did not have when we actually started recording it. So the other songs that we were looking at will probably be put on something else. So we are still actively writing, even when we are trying to write or record for an album. Now, with this upcoming album, uh, there seems to be a lot of inspiration by various mythological and historical themes combined. Can you tell us a bit about the inspiration and creative process behind the album? Of course, you were mentioning demos. But what was the intent behind a lot of the songs? You take that one, man. I'm going to need to mute for a second. Okay, okay yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the inspiration behind it, so we kind of had this concept. We, we've both been very interested in, um, um, in history, for one, but we also like the occult. We like fantasy. We like uh, a, a lot of different stuff. So we, we had this basic theme of, uh, like, magic or occult stuff that um all of the songs kind of came together and they all kind of had that that theme already based off of it just by us like writing demos um even some of the songs that don't seem like they're kind of uh based in that they still have that element of it even like Skoda, like talking about like the the ghost of mons like the the actual like um the thing that that happened during world war ii so um the idea that there were ghosts or apparitions actually trying to like protect the soldiers so that's that's also kind of incorporated in that as well yeah it'll be like maybe it'll be his his historical but it'll have like some fantasy or occult elements like mixed in yeah the big thing is like duality as well having having good good and evil i mean uh, kind of cliche but like day and night um things like that throughout the, most of the album. Wow, that's awesome to hear, guys. Uh, we are going to cut off here for now, and we'll pick this up in the next episode. Ancient Arts is out now. Go check it out wherever you get your music. You'll also find their Bandcamp links in the podcast description for you to check out. Okay, coming up, we'll reestablish connection with Andromeda to continue our discussion with Augment, and we'll hear from you on the music-making process, solo or collaboration. Which is better? This is the Metal Robot Podcast. We'll be right back. 15 plus artists. Multiple cultures. Multiple languages. One. Almost unpronounceable. 
full name. Homoyosios. Homoy mother. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homoyosios. How? There's 20 O's. It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homoyosios. A symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving core fest. What genres? Looking to stay up to date on all things Metal Robot? No, not really. What? Why? I don't listen to metal. How are you listening to this podcast? I thought it was Joe Rogan. We're going to pretend he didn't say that. Follow the show wherever you tread on social media. Facebook and Twitter. At The Metal Robot. Instagram. At The Dot Metal Robot. You can even join the Metal Robot Discord server. We have fun there. Links to all of that and more in the description of this podcast. Follow now. You're listening to MRP, The Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. I'm Tom McKay, your YouTube Poop Thor-looking host. I did a poll uh, about yesterday at the time of recording this, and I was asking you, uh, specifically the musicians, the metal musicians of Twitter, or I guess it's X now, fucking hate that, uh, and out of 10 votes total, the question, here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to tee up the question first, because I think that's more important than how many people voted. The question was, I'm actually going to pull up the tweet right now. Where's my phone? So the question had to do specifically with uh, the songwriting process and whether solo or uh, or a collaborative effort is better. Which one do people prefer to make an album or a song by yourself or, okay, here it is. Is it better to make music alone or collaborating with other people? And I also asked why. Now, the poll uh, just ended with 10 votes total, 90%. So that's nine votes out of 10 voted for working with others. And that kind of tracks with what the responses that I got that were coming in. A lot of the responses seem to lean in that direction. Now, of course, I had the poll on Twitter, or I guess X, God, I fucking hate that. Um, but I also made sure the question was available to answer on Facebook, Instagram, and on threads. I didn't get any responses on threads, to be honest, but I'm not really surprised by that. It's still a beta app at this point, so I don't expect a lot from there, but I did get responses elsewhere. Let's stick with Twitter for a moment, because I got a couple responses that are worth looking into. Um, and, uh, I'm pretty sure I got like four. I didn't write them all down, I don't think, which I should have done. But let's uh, let's pull them up. So I got a few responses. So the first one I actually want to pull up here uh, from the Effigy, from the Effigy Music, who's been on the podcast before. Go check her out. Uh, go check them out. I uh, and, and she I'm going to cut that part out. And uh, and they wrote, quote, I love to work with others, but I struggle to find them because I live in the middle of nowhere and time zones get in the way. Yeah, that kind of does that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do time zones, especially because I remember like even in my case, like doing this podcast, I do interviews with bands all over the world and time zones can definitely be a bit fuzzy. Like I just did a podcast recently uh, for for Love Anarchy with William J. Rogers, who also answered the question, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. Um, and because he's in the UK, it meant that trying to find a time to work within our schedules was pretty difficult because I'm in Canada, I'm in Ontario, and trying to find a time that works with that time zone and the UK was very challenging. So I feel you on this one. But we got a couple of responses. Uh, Gaia Guarda also on Twitter. 
quote, I like both and, uh, and working on my own gives me a lot of freedom and I don't have to babysit anyone, but working with people also makes it possible to go past your abilities. So that's kind of, yeah, that's a shot at both. And that's, that makes sense. And I really do feel the, the, the leaning towards doing it solo. Cause that's that the question kind of came up because of the fact that I was doing that. I did call to the demon Sultan, my debut EP for the most part solo. Yes. I brought on a couple of people. The Nathan gross did the orchestration for the title track. Lindsay schoolcraft of course came in for a cameo, but beyond that, the majority of the album was done in-house, solo. I did not seek outside help. I didn't outsource. It was done solo. So I was kind of curious to know which one's better. And I will say, like, Call to the Demon Sultan, I still enjoy that album. I thought it was a great, uh, great album to put out. But looking back, there's definitely something to be said about not only the fact that I had a lot of freedom, but also there's a benefit to outsourcing too, looking back. I, that doesn't, it doesn't subtract from the EP at all, but looking back, if I was to do it again, outsourcing would probably be something I want to do. But of course, that negates the freedom aspect. Um, and that kind of goes, and that kind of goes into what was, uh, what, what was replied to Gaia Guarda, Tommy Stewart replied to what she said. Yours is a great answer. I mostly work alone and love it, but have nobody saying stop it, which is good sometimes. That kind of tracks, yeah. Um, so because you just I don't know where I was going with that, but working solo, it it it, it pre prevents any outside interference, which can be a good thing, but also a bad thing. I got a couple more responses. Well, on Facebook, we actually had the GJ chime in. For me, I like to get all my video my ideas out alone. The ones uh then once I hit my creative limit, I like to bring in other musicians to add things I can't. So mostly my answer is alone, but some of it is collab. And yeah, so if you don't know, the GJ is also the guy behind Homeyushis, which is a metal collective that I'm also a part of. And, it, and yeah, like the majority of the stuff is done in-house for him, but he also does bring on other musicians. Like he brought in me for vocals, and he's also got a bunch of other talented, talented musicians under the project. And I think even he would agree that it would not have turned out the way it did without the collaboration involved. And that's kind of my point is that collaboration, even for solo projects, there's got to be some level of, of collaboration that you need to, to, to have in some aspect. Um, but there's something to be said about working solo. Moving over to Instagram. I got a couple of responses there. Thomas Frank, uh, on, tw on, he responded on Instagram, but he's, of course, a good, uh, really cool Twitch streamer. Well, is he still on Twitch? I have to double check that. I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> Sorry, Thomas. Um, quote, in my case, I prefer doing most, almost everything myself when it comes to doing music. I do like writing music with other people, but when it comes to recording, I like recording as many instruments as I can. And that's, and see, that's kind of the thing that I, I'm kind of in that camp. You know what I mean? Working with other musicians is fine. And I've found that collaboration actually brings out new ideas you wouldn't have thought of before. But maybe it's like, maybe it's just me and Thomas. I don't know his exact reasoning for why he prefers recording alone, as many instruments as possible alone. But for me, it is the freedom, the control 
Uh, and that's something that I, maybe I am a control freak, a perfectionist, but having that, like, it's scary being able to pass off your, like having to pass off your, your baby, your creative project to other people. And that's part of the reason why Metal Robot rarely, if ever, gets passed off to other people. Most of it, again, is done in-house. There was the occasional time I, that, like the one time I brought on uh, one of my one of my buddies to edit one of the videos, one of the 10 Second Purge videos. Um, but for the most part, like it's all done in-house, all, especially for the podcast, splitters, IDs, commercials, production, everything is done in-house. It's, and it's not just because finance is a bitch, but also because there's just more to be said about doing everything in-house on your own and having that control. All right, I gotta, I'm going to move a bit faster here because we're running out of time here. But uh, a couple more responses on Instagram. William J. Rogers music I just talked about a second ago. Quote, good question. Both have their pros and cons. And actually, yeah, this response is what I was talking about. Both have their pros and cons. I like collaboration, though, as it always keeps things fresh with others adding their unique perspective. Also, aspects of the process tend to still be alone, so you don't lose that completely. And yes, what about me? Well, I think I just mentioned that. <laughs> to be fair, these responses are coming in before I hit record. <laughs> um, and yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, that there's a lot. Like, that's the thing is like, that's, that's the, the pros of doing collaborative work is the fact that fresh ideas come in. And that's something that I experienced with Call to the Demon Sultan, even the song specifically, the benighted one. It would not have sounded the way it did without Lindsay Schoolcraft coming in and inspiring me to, to readjust a lot of the song. And especially with Nathan Gross, I couldn't come up with Call to the Demon Sultan, the title track without him. Not even kidding. That's why I brought him on. And he came back with something that was fantastic. All I told him was, hey, I've got this idea. Um, it's I, like, I want you to see if inspired by Lord of the Rings meets Lovecraft. Have at it. And that's how it went. Um, and as and yeah, I wouldn't have been able to come up with what he came up with on my own that wouldn't have been possible and he came in and he's like fucking let me like fucking sit down boy i got this and that's how it came out and one last response here this one actually just came came in right before i hit record from shatterscript official quote myself it's easier to coordinate logistics and control the end result it's super hard finding people who operate on the same wavelength as you yes yes hundred times, yes, this is what I was talking about. <laughs> Again, I don't know if that's just a perfectionist control freak kind of thing on my part, at least, but that is something, yeah, I resonate with that. It is hard, but at the same time, when it comes to different wavelengths, yeah, that can sometimes cause a bit of, uh, of, of cooperation tension, but there's also different wavelengths means you can get newer ideas, different ideas, because you can say if you're uh, if you're a guitar player in a band, you're jamming with the second guitar player and you're like, what about this riff? Let me play this riff here. And then the, the other guitar player is like, that's good. Let me let, let's adjust it a bit. Let's do this. Da, 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 da. Like, change it up a bit. So that kind of sounds like this, like new ideas being formed between multiple people. And yeah, while I definitely am of the of the camp of I I like to be able to have control and it's kind of hard to give that up collaboration 
isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? So that's I, like, I'm in both camps, but I've been by myself for a long time for that specific reason. It's hard to give up control because of the fact that, yeah, some people do not operate on the same wavelength as you. And it's very hard to give up control in those aspects. Now, these are some of the responses I got. If you still have thoughts that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear them at The Metal Robot on Facebook and Twitter, or I guess X now. God, I still fucking hate that. And at The Dot Metal Robot on Instagram and threads even, if you want to find me there. Uh, do you prefer writing music solo? Do you prefer working with other people? Let me know. I would especially love to hear from the solo musicians out there. What are your thoughts on this? Let me know. I'd love to hear them. And finally tonight, let's check back with Augment, the industrial duo from a galaxy right next door. Though in terms of galaxies, of course, that's fucking far. Uh, even the robot right now is having a hard time holding the connection, and I'm pretty sure he's powered by a Dyson Sphere, which is insane. Are you not powered by a Dyson Sphere? You stationed in Alpha Centauri. Oh, okay, that'll do it. That was a bit of a design oversight now that I think about it. Okay, well, anyways, let's check back in with the guys while we can. This is Augment Part 2 on the Metal Robot Podcast. I'm not too big into sci-fi unless it's like the mainstream stuff. Like, everyone knows Star Wars, everyone knows Star Trek, and... Mm. Stuff like that. And I could already, I could already see you, Zach. You're laughing at that. I I see you over there. I see you over there. I see you. I know. I'm a basic bitch. I know. But <laughs> but in many ways, yeah. like uh, you see, like we all see these like sci-fi themes pop up all the time, even in another mainstream art, like the Matrix. And and how do you do take these themes and be able to do something that are, you know, these themes that are classic? How do you find a way to make them uniquely yours with your story? Um, I think it's a a matter of kind of like finding your narrative um, and telling it in a way that is kind of speaking a, a sense of personal truth, but also in a way like, because that's the thing. It's like, even if you're telling a fantastical story, it still has to be genuine. Like if you come from a place of disingenuousness, people are going to tell um, in and it, 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 you you won't have the same emotion behind it. Um, and I feel like no matter what story you're telling, it has to come from a place of sincerity. Cause, and then that's going to allow people to kind of go along on the ride with you. And, you know, and, and I'm a drama nerd. So be uh, just another excuse to dress up like a weirdo. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So, so this isn't like, is this, are you sure this is not like a, a normal thing we see in Alpha Centauri or is this like, because <laughs> to us right now, like uh, here, us, our, us earthlings, I look at Zach and the first thing I see is if Marilyn Manson was in typo negative, but is this like a, a normal thing? Uh -huh. is, but I'm guessing this is like, this is how people, this is how everybody dresses when in Alpha Centauri. This is how we all look. Is that correct? Well, in Hexatropolis, uh, you know, it is a really strong class system. And, you know, the the kind of garb that you wear is essentially a flag. So um, mm -hmm. it's not just fashion. It is intrinsically a part of your DNA. Yeah. And it goes beyond that with the whole augmentation bit. Right. So there are purists. There are those who choose yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better, better living through yeah. technology. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Better lean into it. 
It's coming. Why not enhance the human body, right? If you can, you know, be better, even better than, than you are, why not, why not take that chance? And, you know, that, that, that's how Omega Z and I met, you know, I, I wanted to be a, a better programmer and who better to go to than the uh, most notorious underworld doctor. <laughs> who else really, when you All think right. about it, there's no other options. No I can do any options. enhancement. <laughs> any enhancement. <laughs> any enhancement. Any enhancement. Uh, yeah. And, and to break the fourth wall again, uh, by day, I'm a cybersecurity engineer. So I'm pretty oh. much in tune with, uh, you know, all of the technology and, you know, the ethics behind AI and all the enhancements that we're seeing in technology. And so it's not looking good. <laughs> so uh, to Zach's point, like being genuine about where we're coming from, it's like we're seeing this in real time. Like we're we're experiencing these advances in technology that we don't know where it's really going to take us. And who knows, you know, like without the right guardrails up, we we may end up in or Earth may end up like Hexatropolis 2.0. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Bring it on. Bring it on. More of us. Yeah. So, but but with that in mind, like the, uh, especially in like the earth world now, like we're already seeing technology as, as you said, it's already like developing in such a way. We're seeing AI even on the rise and everyone's Mm -hmm. using it and getting freaked out by how human it sounds. I used it. It doesn't really like, it just, it reads like AI. I don't know. I don't know where everyone else is coming from here, but Given that it's getting better, like where right now it is, as some would say, the worst it's ever going to be again as it continues to evolve. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you like so with, when it comes to the music of Augment, do you see yourself at some point implementing some form of this future technology in the creation process? Have it you is, already have you already dabbled it, in that in some form? Yeah. So it's funny you bring that up because that's actually one of the things that um I'm looking to explore with this project because there are, there is a lot of cool software out there that uses machine learning to create beats or sounds, or there are algorithms that help you. I want to say help you, but um, that you can control to kind of create soundscapes and, and melodies and beats that are inherently mechanical. Right. Uh, and so I was just talking uh, with Omega Z about this, where we can start exploring that and seeing if we can utilize those tools to, uh, you know, make unique music. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. No, but no. not yet. We're uh, not doing but, that yet. Ed, but obviously, like the technology's out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Ed, in some fo- in some way, there's obviously the big fear of like, well, if we allow music to become so mechanical and allow robots to essentially do everything, at what point do we lose the human element of music? Um, so how, like, given that, that a lot of the music is, I would assume at least all of the music of augment is created by you two, um, and no, with no AI help, except for of course the augmentations, I don't know how, how all that works. <laughs> how do you, trade <laughs> secrets, trade secrets. <laughs> so how do you ensure that the humanity of the music stays intact in a dystopian sci-fi world? We don't know if it does. Right. Ooh. Um, I, I mean, can, I can hear and, the X Files theme in the background. I don't know yeah, why. Right. Who's, playing? <laughs> Who's playing that? I want to believe. <laughs> um, I mean, I think with any kind of technology that is seemingly 
scary. I mean, I think it's it's any human natural reaction to instantly react to something in fear, especially if it feels like something foreign to them. And anytime some kind of new and controversial technology is introduced, there's always going to be this divisive conversation about it. You're going to have the detractors, you're going to have the people that are super for it. And there's this vast gray area in the middle. And that's the thing is like the people on both sides, of course, will have the loudest voices. Um, But the gray area in the middle is the utilization of technology without the sole dependency on it. So how can you use the technology afforded to you to your whims, to what you want? So you're driving the machine that's driving you. It's like a robot programming, a robot programming, a robot. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. Like it, what is your dependency on it? If your dependency on it is total, then that's on you. And that's going to be your voice is total dependency. If it's total rejection, that's going to be your voice too. But if you can exist in this vast gray area in the middle, then I think you're going to find yourself to have a wider palette to work with. Yeah, I mean, a perfect example that we're experiencing right now is AI art. Oh, yeah. And that is a hot topic right now. Or there, and, and to Omega Z's point, there's the people who are like, yeah, I am not touching that. That is ripping off artists. It's ingesting things, just spitting out other people's art. It's not original art. It's just, you know, stealing. Right. Uh, and then you have the people on the other side that are like, well, this is incredible. You know, we, we're able to create all of this new art using computers in, in such a unique way. And some of the stuff that I've seen is absolutely phenomenal, especially with some of the topics that people choose. And so, again, if you limit yourself either way, I feel like you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage because it's it's both cool, but you can't solely depend on it, right? Um. And with that look into existential dread out of the side, let's get back to the album sequences. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different existential dread. Yeah. yeah really. That's, that's tangible dread. Yeah. It's tangible dread. We go dread. through that every day. <laughs> yeah. So what I could, so talking about sequences, we talked a lot about a lot here. Uh, and many of them, I, I think, are themes that even do pop up in, in sequences in the new album. So how can you discuss the narrative structure for the album and how it reflects the themes and concepts that you try to explore? Uh, so the the meat of the album is tracks one through seven. Track eight is actually a bonus track that, just to jump to that, <laughs> we actually wrote that track for uh, a Cyberpunk 2077 contest. Ah. And it didn't get selected, ah. but that's okay because that just means we had an extra track for the album. And that's actually going to be our first music video that we just finished that's being worked on right now. Uh, it's for Pure Black. Um, but the narrative of the, the, the first seven tracks uh, is essentially you are eclipsing the, you know, the the luminous neo neon clouds of Hexatropolis 2.0 in the landing sequence. And then essentially the songs represent elements of the city, whether it's Slumtropolis, where it's talking about um, their uh, extreme police force going through and raising the slums just to instill fear and create wider divides in the classes um, that or human skin, which is about uh, 
a sentient robot coming to life and destroying its creator, as we all at some point want to destroy our creator. <laughs> and or like somatose, where it's a body floating through space that's induced by a drug coma as her body actually physically dies. So it's all these elements of, yeah, transhumanism, control. These are just the different elements that are Hexatropolis 2.0. And hopefully we can keep expanding on it. All right. And when it comes to Hexatropolis 2.0, um, do you have any plans to do any live performances and touring in the future? Oh, we just had our first gig not that long ago, which was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the response was incredible. So we're, we're very ecstatic. Um, can't wait to do more. Uh, we do have a couple of things lined up coming up. We are talking about perhaps doing a tour later in the summer, uh, but nothing's confirmed yet. So we're, we're still working on that. And with that in mind, because I'm curious as, uh, as well for other people, my headphones are getting caught in myself. Hold up. What, what I'm curious <laughs> for... <laughs> For other Stupid people, cords. I know, wires. right? What the hell? I know we're trying to go all wireless because yeah. our first show we had wires everywhere and it was a mess. It's a it's a nightmare. Uh, it's a nightmare. So, so how do you find yourself uh, implementing the uh, the Hexatropolis 2.0 world into your live shows? That's a good question, especially since um, there's only two of us, and you know we don't want it to be a situation where people come out to see us live. And it's just, just two people standing around like, oh, this is great. Well, I could have just stayed home. So we want to create an experience for people because there's, especially now, there's way more reasons to stay home than to go out. So if someone's coming out, they deserve a goddamn show. <laughs> Sorry. Assuming I can swear. If I can't swear that, I apologize. <laughs> I, I, clearly, you haven't been hearing me swearing the whole fucking time. Oh, so yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't catch it. I'm so used to it. It just always just becomes white noise. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're incorporating, uh, you know, like the lighting aspects and the strong visual representation. Um, and we're working on like backing video so then we can create an audio visual experience and focusing really heavily on the music being uh, like a, a rich layered experience so it doesn't sound empty yeah. or, you know, contrived. Yeah, and that's kind of the goal. We we want augment to be beyond the music, right? So when you go to an augment show, you're you're there for an experience. It's not just two guys on stage playing music, but with the all the lights are synchronized to the music. Um, we've been talking about expanding that aspect of it, having the the backing videos to represent what's going on with the music, uh, and then who knows, maybe we'll we'll start incorporating some props and things like that to to help in, enhance that. Um, that feel where you're, you're in Hexatropolis 2.0, you're no longer on earth kind of thing. Right. But th those are goals. <laughs> <laughs> those are, those are goals. And they're pretty ambitious goals, goals even for like, uh, for, yeah. because you guys haven't been around too long. Have you like to, yeah. to, uh, already planning to envelop the audience in a live experience. That's pretty ambitious. And I cannot wait to see when that actually does end up happening. Uh, which, which brings me to, uh, towards like the final couple questions here. Um, what can fans expect from augment in the future after sequences? And when it comes to the like, live performances, is there anything that we can expect going forward? Um, uh, well kind of, yeah. Uh, what uh, Nando was saying is we want to plan on doing like a perhaps like a small West Coast tour. Uh, I actually have been building a city, a Hexatropolis 2.0 city. 
So plan on actually making short films, put them on like TikTok, that kind of stuff on our socials to start telling the stories from Hexatropolis 2.0 and actually try to create a universe that is living and breathing that is more three-dimensional um, to kind of pull people in and expand on that narrative and stuff like that and, and do more music videos. Um, we're really excited that uh, my friend Carl from Hot Carl Productions, um, Carl Winery, he's... Uh, he recently filmed the music video. He's an amazing cinematographer uh, in the Portland, Oregon area. He's done music videos for a vast majority of the bands, mostly metal bands. And he actually has some really pretty popular, just epically huge videos online. Um, so definitely want to work with him more to use the videos to tell more of the stories of, uh, of the city. Yeah, Hot Hot Carl especially. Like, my God, I've seen some of his stuff. I think he did a couple Ventresy videos. I'm a big fan of his. Yes, yeah, he's he's in the band and he does their videos, and their latest video is is hot. It's really good. It's 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 really good. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I got one final question here, and hopefully the uh, the transmission between the two galaxies is strong enough so that you have an answer for this one. It's a very important one. I always ask. If you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? Ooh. Count Chocula. Are you answering for yourself or for me? <laughs> you can be whoever you want. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I guess I can't say Count Chocula anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you could say whatever you want at this point. Like, there's so so many people have already ha- have chosen Count Chocula at this point. Anything's game, honestly. <laughs> you know, what I'm gonna say that I was the say first Captain- thing that came to mind. So I, was like, oh, yeah, I, like, I like Count Chocula. He's cool. <laughs> I'm gonna say Captain Crunch because mm-hmm. I do love a good military uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a captain after all, and I like to cut the roofs of people's mouths. <laughs> There you have it. Well, that took a hell of a turn. <laughs> what? My God. <laughs> One of these days I do actually have, I got to create a compilation of every single artist who has come on my show and said, and said, count Chocula to that question. Uh, the video will be two hours long though. I don't know how that'll go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Count Chocula, count Chocula, count Chocula, yeah, yeah. count Chocula, 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 count Absolutely. (laughs) And counting. (laughs) So uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Augment uh, with me here, Omega Z and Alpha N. The new album is Sequences. It might be out now. It might not be out there now. I don't know if the robot's going to fuck with the time-space continuum, but we'll find out when this episode comes out. All right, guys, thanks for coming on. Is there anything? We got a couple, about a minute here. Is there anything you would like to promote? Anything you'd like to shout out while you're still here? You got the floor. Oh, shout out to Nikki Howard, who did the mastering on our album. He did such a phenomenal job. He's a UK-based uh, mastering um, person, and he killed it. So, And Detura Hex, who is the artist that did all of our art, he's an Australian-based artist, phenomenal. And 3X Spire, who did our Augment logo. So they all killed it. They really helped, you know, shape everything for us. Yeah. Our latest, uh, our latest single, um, Somatose just came out. Um, 
So check that out. And Sequences, the album, I think is April 21st. 21st. Yes. Which, it might already be out now. Who knows? Time is wibbly wobbly. It's wibbly wobbly. We make time, time skip. Time is wibbly wobbly and we're at the whim <laughs> of the time masters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so once again, guys, thanks for coming Thank on you the so show. Much I appreciate us. your time. It's been a pleasure. Take care, everyone. Oh, shit. I think, okay, the robot, I think, just hit a blackout. You okay, buddy? You there? Okay, that's a no. I'll have the IT guy run a diagnostics before the next episode. His name's Trevor, but sure, whatever. Anyways, thanks again to Augment for coming on the show. Anyways, the album is Sequences with a V instead of a U. Go check it out if you're into some of that dark and heavy sounding industrial music. No complaints here, of course. It's really good shit. I just wish they were in range of a safer connection. Again, it's Trevor, but sure, I'll make sure he has one ready to go for you. Get some sleep, buddy. You've earned it. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. On second thought, hold off on the sleep until I wrap this up. I I hate to do this to you, but in the next episode of the podcast, Dawn of Existence comes back to wrap up our talk of that new album, Ancient Arts, and then we jump into the brutal death metal world with Augurium's unearthly will and how working remotely affected the creative process. All this and more in the next episode. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at the Metal Robot, Instagram and at the dot metal robot and you can head over to our online hub the metal for all things metal robot thanks again to dawn of existence and augment for coming on the show and to you for listening every episode and being a part of the show in ways maybe you didn't expect i'm tom mckay if you enjoyed this episode and you want more be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts and i'll see you in the mosh pit next time have a good night Ooh.